Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro, Evan Preparis. Got a guest with me on the line, though. Before we get to him, a quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Juice Performer. If you haven't tried Juice Performer, uh, I don't know where you've been at OCR for the last couple of years. So they've been a sponsor of the team for several years. If you come to any Conquer the Gauntlets or basically anything Thomas Plush goes to, one of my teammates, Casey Timber Challenge, uh, Battle of the Lions, whatever whatever we were we were going to in the last couple of years, we had some free samples to give away. So I've got a whole bunch more free samples. So if you're going to cross paths with me at a race, and I am driving within driving distance of my house, I will bring some free samples. You can try it out. It's a uh, beet juice or cherry juice, and the beet juice they have mix-ins with like pineapple, uh, great for pre-workout for vasodilation there, and then for post-workout they have cherry juice helps with inflammation. All right, let's get to today's guest. I have Kyle Butters on the line with me. Kyle, say hi. Hey, everybody. So I I, I linked up through with, with Kyle through Infinite Hero Foundation. So for those of you who've been following along for a while, I was running uh, Tough Mudder's Infinite Hero Honor Challenge last year. It's like a it was like an eight hour team building event, kind of like Hurricane Heat, but a little more of the Tough Mudder flair, a little more fun uh, to raise money for Infinite Hero Foundation. And then I used OCR Everest, my charity event. Uh, the video, 10-minute video is available on YouTube uh, to, again, raise money for Infinite Hero Foundation, who does mental and physical support for veterans. And uh, he was doing some fundraising stuff with endurance, and that is kind of like what I do. So I was like, well, this is a great opportunity to, one, promote the charity, and two, uh, learn a little more about him. So I'm going to give you some of his background real quick. He was in the Army from May 2009 to October 2017. Had a whole bunch of positions. I'm not going to read them out here because for most of the people who are not military, they will... They won't mean much, uh, but had some really good positions as an artillery officer, which is what I used to be, and then did a couple deployments to Afghanistan, which uh, is kind of the opposite of me, so I did all Iraq, and then uh, ended up at 5th Special Forces Group again, which we were actually there at the same time. We just learned. Uh, been through a couple of awesome schools, Airborne Pathfinder, JFO, uh, JTAC School, Mountain Warfare, Arctic Warfare, and then it's been done a whole bunch of races, so 200-mile uh, gravel bike races. 50-mile gravel, gravel bike race, 12 half marathons, a couple of Army 10-milers, uh, some obstacle course race, and a 50-mile ruck in Alaska. All right. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Good. We had a, we had a heck of a time trying to schedule this, mostly my fault. Um, just uh, just been super busy lately. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey on my end, too. Having two kids makes life the, very busy. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you on that. So let's start off with let's let's just jump into it. Tell us a little bit about uh, your charity event and and kind of what you're doing. Yeah. So I like to run. Uh, so I my charity is based around running. I actually do a 48 hour, 44 mile run in support of the Infinite Hero Foundation. I created it in 2021. So this will be my third year doing it. It's been uh, an interesting journey, to say the least, and it's definitely grown over time. Uh, but it's been a great way to give back to veterans and specifically to give back through the Infinite Hero Foundation. Yeah. So tell, as far as the run goes, do you do, you do 22 miles a day, or how do you break it down? Yeah, so I do 22 miles a day, and that breaks down to five four-mile runs each day and a two-mile run. So I don't do the 22-mile straight, which in my mind – would be much easier actually just to do 22 miles straight, you know, each day for two days. 
but I actually break it up into the separate runs to give more opportunity for people to come out and run with me because I don't know if you know this, but most people don't want to run 22 miles straight. <laughs> uh, I do know. However, that. you know, I can convince them to come out and do four miles or two miles. I find that to be much easier to get people to do that. So that's, that's how I break it up. It, it's evolved over time. The first year I did this in uh, 2021, I did it a little bit differently, uh, mostly because of its, uh, you know, it kind of its origin story, if you will, coming from the David Goggins four by four by 48. Uh, you know, I, I had a, my best friend was doing that on a weekend. I think they usually do it in March. And I looked at him, I said, you're crazy. That sounds ridiculous. Uh, but he challenged me and said, oh, let's, let's do it. So I didn't want to do that exactly. So I did something a little different and I did, uh, that's when I created my 22 miles a day event was, was from that, you know, with the basis being the four by four by 48. And that first year, you know, doing all those miles by myself. And I did it a little di differently because I did three mile loops, uh, not the four mile loops. And uh, I got absolutely zero sleep. So come the second year, last year, we adapted to the four mile loops because it gave me a little bit more of a, you know, you know, fewer laps, which equaled more sleep, which as you know, sleep is important. It is. Yes. And why the, why 22 per day? So 22 a day represents, unfortunately, the average number of soldier suicides, well, soldiers, veterans, that includes sailors, Marines, airmen, Coast Guard men and women. Uh, per day. So 22 per day is the unfortunate average. I think that comes from a study back in 2014. And since then, that number has shifted anywhere from 17 per day at its lowest up to 41 per day at its highest, depending on what you look at. Uh, so 22 is that number that most people know. And, and it's, it's something that other organizations have rallied around. So I wanted to stay there as well for, you know, it's easier for that recognition piece so people know what it is. Uh, you know, unfortunately for me, I've, I lost two of my soldiers to suicide throughout my time in the army. And that's why I do 22 miles twice, you know, one day for each of them. That's kind of how I, I honor them and, you know, try to keep that memory alive. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, you come up with the idea one one year. All right, you're going to do these 22 miles a day. Why partner with Infinite Hero? Why not do a different like? Because there's a ton of military uh, uh, charities. Like, well, how did you find them, and why why did you choose them? That's a great question because there are so many veterans charities out there on the landscape, and so many organizations doing wonderful things. Infinite Hero was something as a foundation. I knew about them since their infancy back in 2012, I believe is when they were founded. Uh, they were founded uh, in part by um, Colin Baden from Oakley. And I was, I'm a huge Oakley fanboy. I'll admit it. I love Oakley. I love all their <laughs> equipment. And, you know, being in the army, that it's kind of a good thing because they provide a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I, wear got, other... I used to rock the Oakley boots and Oakley uh, sunglasses on my first couple deployments. Yeah, and then they cha they changed those Oakley boots, man. They're not good anymore. They went to kind of this like Nike looking thing. It's just I don't uh, know. Did they? Yeah, that boot change. It's not as good anymore. Trust me. Oh, and the gloves too. I I, I was rocking the gloves with like the hard knuckles. Yeah. Those things yeah, are I've money. Got those. Yeah, those, those are things. good. So I, I was familiar with the Infinite Hero Foundation because of that 
uh, you know, brand recognition and relationship I had with Oakley going back quite a ways. And when I got back from my first deployment to Afghanistan in 2012, that's when I really started looking at, you know, different veterans charities and ways to give back. And I had found the infinite hero foundation at that point and, you know, supported them financially. And then over a few years, I kind of honestly lost touch and kind of forgot about them. Uh, and when I went in 2021 to do this running event, one of my very good friends, after he told me I was crazy for doing this, he followed that up by asking, why was I doing it? What was the reason that I was, you know, going to torture myself for an entire weekend of running? And he really made me think. And I thought, you know, I really should do this for something. And I was sitting in my office and I turned around and, you know, spinning around in my chair, wasting time and uh, having to look over at my coin rack for those that aren't familiar with the military challenge coins are a thing that are given out for, uh, you know, unit morale building and attaboys and you good job here. Good job there. You get challenge coins and something infinite hero did was they had created a challenge coin. And if you donated money to them, you got a challenge coin. So I looked over at my coin rack when I spun around and I saw my infinite hero coin. And that was literally the reason that brought me back to them as my charity of choice for my running events. So it's, it's kind of a interesting story. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. So you, you've, I read off some of your athletic bio kind of at the beginning. Um, when you, well, let's go back to the first uh, it, charity event you did, right? So back three years, two years, whatever it is, two years, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess what, what surprised you when you actually did the event? Like, like obviously it's running, right? So you're going to be tired and, um, but like, what did you kind of not see coming? Um, so there were a lot of things having been the first time I've done something like that. Uh, the first thing was I was shocked by the investments that the infinite hero foundation made in me when I told them that I was going to do this on their behalf, because we're talking like 10 days before I decided to do this crazy event. <laughs> and I reached out to them and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I want to raise money for you guys. How do we do this? And uh, they jumped right on it and they helped me get it together, figured out how to collect donations, you know, so that back end support from them immediately was great. And I was like, wow, this is an organization that actually cares and is going to support those that are supporting them, which to me was incredible. The other things that I learned along the way, I guess, more specifically to the run itself was, uh, like we talked about, sleep is important. And I, I was amazed how, you know, it wasn't really the physical aspect of running that drove me into the ground. It was the lack of sleep and the fact that you just can't keep up on calories. When you're turning around and running every three or four hours, you just, you can't get enough down to satiate yourself and to keep up with the calories that you're losing. So those are really the things that surprised me. And, and I guess I have to say the the running was not easy, but it did surprise me that the running was probably at the bottom of the list of the hardest things I did that weekend. Uh, you know, that, that was really shocking. Yeah. I'll, I'll double down on that. Uh, Infinite hero being very supportive. I've, I've partnered with a couple of charities and they, they'll, are supportive in a different way, but I really liked infinite hero was doing a lot of sharing um, and like social media promoting. And when I did OCR Everest last year um, to raise money for them, 
like when you went to the infinite hero page there was like a pop-up with like my face on it and i was like oh i was like oh we're serious about this that was <laughs> it was cool to see some of the some of that like additional marketing support behind them uh behind the event so yeah they're they're really good at that stuff and uh they're always pushing me to you know make videos for social media and put pictures up and, and do this other stuff to promote the event which honestly for me is, is tough i don't i don't do well with the videos and you know they drug me back kicking and screaming to social media because i had left all platforms uh, yeah. for years and it wasn't until this year that they finally dragged me back and you know it's, it's paid off it's helped raise awareness of the event so they know what they're doing yeah i mean the if you're so for like for us the obstacle course racer like if, if you want sponsors or you want to even fundraise for someone like like infinite hero like you need a social media presence like that was um it's huge right like otherwise if essentially if you don't tell anyone about it no one knows right yeah so yeah um cool so you you, you do it the first year and you know for me I've, I've done a similar things where i do like endurance charity events every year for the last seven years except usually when i go not usually every time, every time a year goes by, I change what I'm doing. So why, why do it again? Why not be like, all right, well, I check that block. Let's do something different or, you know, let's not do a charity event this year or, you know, there's a lot of other options. Why did you end up doing the same thing uh, year two and year three? Yeah. So it did change. It did evolve. It's, it's evolved each year. So the first year, I think I did, a total of 44 miles over the weekend, but I didn't quite do 22 per day. I think one day was slightly heavier than the other day. And I remember the week after looking back at it and thinking, man, I missed an opportunity there. I should have, I should have done 22 per day. And so, you know, it's one of those like Monday morning quarterback type things where you look at it, that missed opportunity. And that's really what drove like, I, I got to do it again. <laughs> so that was the, the Genesis for the next year. And so I took, you know, I didn't do a whole lot over that next summer. And then that fall, we got back into planning for the next event in 2022. And we decided we wanted to move it from March to April. And we wanted to do, make sure we did 22 miles per day and not just 44 total. Now we moved it from March to April because out here in Maryland, the weather in March is very unpredictable. You could have snow or you could have 75 degrees. And the first year I had snow, I did not appreciate that very much. So we moved it to April in the hopes of, you know, getting a little bit warmer weather. And then, so we did the event 2022, we did 22 miles per day for two days for a total of 44. And that's also when we made the shift to the, uh, the four mile loops of five of those per day, and then one two mile loop each day, at noon. So Saturday at noon and Sunday at noon, we do a two mile loop. And, and we wanted that two mile loop again, because it, it does broaden who can participate in this event. And one of the big things we learned from the first year was how much of a community event this really was, you know, 2021, you're, you're still talking pretty heavy into the pandemic. People don't want to be around each other. People are still scared of each other. And all of a sudden with my run in March of 2021, people came out and ran with me. And it was okay. And people really enjoyed just that community building aspect. And I found an opportunity that I could talk to more people about the infinite hero mission 
and also my personal mission to raise awareness of veterans' mental health issues and suicide prevention. So having that knowledge from the first year, we knew we wanted kind of, you know, warmer weather for the second year, so push it to April, and also add in these two-mile events so that we could get more people to participate, those people that are still intimidated by that four-mile, you know, course. Yeah. The other thing we changed a little bit is with the four mile, I could spread out my time a little bit so I could get, you know, an hour and a half of sleep in between some of my runs, which to me was amazing having an hour and a half to sleep. (laughs) Some people might not consider that good sleep, but you got to get what you can. So now coming into 2023, you know, we now have two years of learning So we have pushed the event to June. So it's June 9th to the 11th this year instead of April. Again, trying to chase that better weather. More people are going to want to participate. You're talking the end of the school year. People are kind of in that happy mood. Oh, it's end of school year. It's just after Memorial Day. You know, people are looking to kind of get out and start their summers. And we're hoping that this is a way to get people out to do that. We also did some things this year with trying to bring on a few uh, team members to help me plan this year because the last two years it's been uh, my wife and I plus the Infinite Hero staff. And uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't really have the time for a second full-time job, which is what it turned into. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a lot of planning. Even something yeah. that seems simple on the surface is, is there's a lot of backside stuff that goes into like every charity event I've done. Yeah. So this year we, we brought on a team and it's interesting because my team, I've got uh, one guy here in Maryland who's helping me. I have a guy in Colorado. I have a guy in Hawaii and then I have the infinite hero team in California. So trying to coordinate zoom calls to figure out everything behind the race is pretty interesting. I end up doing some, some weird times in order to fit everybody's schedule, but you know, ultimately the thought process behind adding team members was that that would increase our contact with other people and hopefully drive more money to the charity and also to get more people involved as participants, because as much as I'm trying to raise money for the infinite hero foundation, I'm also trying to get people to come out and run, you know, the participation piece is is huge to me. The more people I can get out and, talk to and and put these issues in front of them and have real conversations I, I think the better off we are and these last two years like last year I the first year I had three people who ran with me throughout the weekend at you know different parts I'm the only one who's done the, the whole weekend and then last year in 2022 I had 33 people throughout the weekend come out and run with me I mean that's that's a you know I don't I'm not good at math I don't know how many times more people 30 more people uh you know and then throughout the weekend as far as i actually had people come out and just hang out and you know spectators if you will and we had i think somewhere around 200 to 250 people throughout the weekend come talk to me and come see what we're doing And, and that's huge to me the more we can get this information out there gotcha so let's say someone's listening and they want to get involved um how can they you know where can they donate or let's say they want to come out in person you know where where are they showing up and you know is there a registration etc yeah so if you go to the infinite hero website which is infinitehero.org there's there's a tab right at the top you got you know home who we are and then 
my event, which is 22 miles of break boundaries right there on the top line of the infinite hero foundation website. And if you click on that, it'll take you to uh, the landing page, which has registration options and donation options for, so for those who want to participate either in person or virtually, because, you know, I want to remind everybody that this is, you can participate virtually. There's nothing wrong with, you know, doing your own version of this wherever you are. And so you can sign up virtually or you can sign up to do this uh, in Pasadena, Maryland with me in person. Uh, so those options are there. And then, like I said, there's the option to donate. Uh, this year, something cool that we did is we designed a challenge coin, which goes back to the origin story of how I chose Infinite Hero as my charity of choice. So I wanted to, you know, have a, a challenge coin as the... Um, you know, if you sign up to participate or you, you donate a certain amount of money, I think it's $40, you get this challenge coin that I designed for the event. Uh, so I think right now I have um, I have a few people signed up to do the event here with me in person. I actually have two people who are signed up to do the full 44 miles with me over the weekend, which is it's just new. I've never had anyone <laughs> actually do the full 44 with me, so that'll be interesting you know I, I i don't know how to warn them about the um you know the hallucinations on day two that'll be a, a fun journey for them um so it'll be fun to have you know more people on the journey this year but yeah the infinite org website is is where to go good stuff good stuff and then of yeah. course facebook and you know twitter and all that if you look up infinite hero foundation you know we're all over social media yeah so in in your bio you sent me um you said uh, fun fact I hated running when I was in the army I had to leave the <laughs> army in order to really enjoy it so tell me a little yeah. bit more about that statement yeah so army you know army running let's talk about army running yeah <laughs> running is very very important in the army especially as an officer you're kind of you're judged on your physical fitness and the biggest component of what you're judged on is your running ability. And so that from the start turned me off and was like, ah, I don't want to do this. How is, how is that important? Why does that matter? How does that make me a good leader or a bad leader? And regardless of how you feel, that's, that's how they do things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think is what I really disliked in the army about running was formation running. You know, those anything bigger than a company sized run is just miserable. You know, when you're out there on a battalion run, so you're talking, you know, it could be four or 500 people in formation trying to run in lockstep with the person in front of you, behind you, and beside you. And oh, by the way, throw some cadences in there too and, you know, sing-alongs. That just was not fun to me. I did not enjoy, you know, the those formation runs. And so, you know, the old saying of, of rank has its privileges, right? And that was one of my favorite things about being a platoon leader and then being a, a battery commander was if you're a platoon leader and you take your platoon out on the run, you're out in front. You don't have to match anybody's step. They have to match yours. And same when you're a battery commander, you're running out in front and they've got to fall in behind you and, you know, be miserable behind you for how many ever miles you decide to run them that day. Uh, but, you know, once I got out of the army and started running on my own and really learning how to run, I really started enjoying it. Cause I think that's the other thing the army 
maybe doesn't do a great job of is, is teaching people how to run. It's just like, yeah. oh, you just show up and run. All right. Um, <laughs> now you hit it. You hit it right on the head. The army has a good way of sucking the fun out of some things that are enjoyable. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I love shooting, and then like in a conventional unit, you'd go to the range sometimes, and you'd be like, this is terrible. Like it's taking all day. And we're wasting a lot of time because they have, they're just dealing with a lot of people, right? And they 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 have like all these extra safety precautions. Um, versus or like you know airborne operations right so jumping out of yeah. planes like a lot of people hate jumping in on military planes but we'll go yeah. and skydive on the weekends for fun you know so well yeah talking, you, know, you come back from a deployment and your reward is hey we're going to celebrate the return from the deployment with a division run you know who who wants to do that yeah yeah all right, so this is going to be your third year doing uh, the 22 miles a day. How, how many more years do you plan on doing it, or are you just kind of taking it year by year? You know, it, it's really year by year, but, I mean, it, this is definitely at least going to be next year and hopefully the year after that. And, you know, if I can keep doing it for the years to come, I'll keep doing it. Some of the partnerships we've been able to build this year, and you know, with our sponsors – our relationships that we're hoping will evolve and grow over the next couple of years. For example, we've made partnerships with uh, Liberty military housing, which, you know, does a lot of different, mostly Navy and Marine uh, bases. And they, they manage the housing at those locations. Like uh, here in Annapolis in Maryland, they manage the housing there. And, and we have plans with them already for 2024 is how, how we're going to partner and how we're going to grow this event and then we have other partners that are on that same track that we, we have plans for the, the coming years. So we're, we're trying to take a, a long picture of this and, and grow this. And hopefully, you know, our goal is to have at least one participant in every state. Mm. So, you know, we're doing this both in person and virtually. And that's why the virtual side is so important because, I eventually want to have at least one representative from every state. And, you know, from that, the hope is that some of those people will do their own events, you know, take this and run with it. You know, I'm, I had one idea, but there's got to be better ideas out there. And and I'm hoping that my event spurs those other people to take hold and and grow their own event because it's incredible the impact you can have when, you know, you, you start talking to another person or a business about, Hey, I'm doing this, this run for charity. And they say, Oh, you know, or who are you doing it, you know, on behalf of, or where, you know, where'd you sign up for this? And then you tell them, no, I created this. This is a grassroots thing that I created and I'm doing, I am the person, I am the founder of this, you know, all of a sudden they get really interested and it's a great way to get more people involved. And when they can actually, you know, see the person standing in front of them who's created these events and can see the passion behind it. So that that's really the goal is, is to keep growing this and to get people to do eventually their own events. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it 100%. The, I think sometimes when, especially if you get like heavily involved in like the ultra running world, uh, we see people doing these like very, very thing crazy things that take sometimes days, weeks, and even months right like transcontinental runs like running across the united states yeah. and it's like you don't have to you don't have to do something that crazy to do something hard that's like hard for you that is 
that can be used for a good cause, right? You know, as long yeah. as as long as it's hard for you personally, you know, like if you're severely overweight and you you're gonna run a 5K for charity, right? Like that that might be enough, right? Like that, you yeah. know. Or maybe you're not severely overweight. Maybe you're you're just running, <laughs> you know, a ten a 5K or 10K, right? Like there there are things you can do um, to help you know raise awareness of whatever charity. It doesn't necessarily have to be a military yeah. one, and uh, you know create a fundraising thing. And, the, and that's why I challenge people that, that come out with me and I get a lot of people say, Oh, I don't run. I'm like, okay, so don't run. How about you walk? How about you ride a bike? How about you just show up and have a conversation? Yeah. You know, th there's so much more to be done. And, and that's why I really challenge people that even if running's not your thing, that's okay. You can still sign up. You could, for all I care, you could go walk 0.2 miles or 0.22 miles and that's your day. If that's what's challenging to you and if that's what gets you active and that's what gets you involved with this mission, then that's what I want you to do. Nice. So that first year, it sounded like you, it was a quick uh, kind of idea to execution, <laughs> right? So like, yes. So you, you didn't do much training for it. It sounds like. No. <laughs> um, did you modify that the following year? Were you like, all right, I'm actually going to train for this or did you still like, I'm just going to wing it and just kind of, just kind of power through it on, on an event day. You know, I'd love to say that I spent months and months training, but we know the reality behind that. <laughs> um, I definitely improved my training from year one to year two, because after I did the event the first time, like I said, that first week afterwards, I was already looking back and saying, Oh, I could have done this different. I could have done this better. So I knew I wanted to do it again. So I definitely changed my training strategy to focus more on longer distances and endurance running and so the biggest thing I would do, I think I start doing it, well, probably two or three months from the event, I start running multiple times a day. Because again, it's, it's that turnover that's so hard. It's, that, it's, it's not the distance of the running, it's the number of times that you're starting and stopping. Because as you know, you know, as soon as you stop running, you start to tighten up. Yeah. So to then get up and go again a few hours later is not a great feeling. So that was the biggest piece of training that I did. And I think I got to the point where the couple of weeks before I was running, you know, four times a day for different distances. So you're talking some days up to 16, 20 miles a day, uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And I'd say probably the couple months before that I was, you know, averaging two to three runs per day. And then, for this year, I have already started doing my two-a-day runs. I started those last week. Um, Mother Nature decided to play a nice prank on me and started the tree pollen season last week as well. So, unfortunately, this last three or four days, my runs have been indoors on a treadmill, which is just horrendous, especially if you're trying to do it twice a day. So, I've really tried to do at least one run outside and one on the treadmill to try to save my myself a little bit from the allergies. Cause they're just, they're really bad. Um, but the hope is by the middle of this week, I'll have both of my runs back outside and probably by the second week in May, I'll be up to running three times a day. And, uh, and then probably the week before the event. So the first week of June, I'll probably start tapering down and, and, you know, take the couple days off probably the, the seventh and eighth of June before I start on the ninth. Nice. Nice. 
Yeah, the uh, the treadmill running is. I've done a couple of charity endurance things on treadmills, and they are they are not fun. <laughs> no. After doing them, I'm always like, I am not running on the treadmill for several months. Like, I just I don't even yeah. like looking at it. I'm like, oh, gross me out. So yeah, I started I catching up on some of my movies that I had queued on my Netflix and my Amazon Prime. You know, on, on the treadmill is, for hours that, at a time. That is a good technique to uh, encourage myself to run in the off season. I usually watch like uh, the Mandalorian or like whatever Star Wars came <laughs> yeah. out and be like, all right, I can only watch it if I'm on the treadmill. So it like forces me to, I'm like, all right, I got to watch the next episode. So it forces in the off season when, uh, you know, motivation might be a little bit lower to get out there and log some miles on, on the treadmill. Later. It's It's funny you say that because I think Thursday was, star wars episode one and friday's run was star wars episode two uh i'm on that same track nice this is a good good plan all right we're gonna start wrapping things up but before we do that tell us a little bit more about like the why behind the whole event so like we've talked about this whole time you know the, the 22 miles per day represents the two soldiers that i lost to suicide during my time in the army uh, but more personally, for me, you know, mental health has unfortunately been something I have fought with for years. And, you know, between my two deployments, one to Afghanistan and one in support of inherent resolve in the Middle East, a lot of different things happen. And, and as you know, and many other people know, it, it sometimes it takes us a while to process those things and, and maybe recognize them. And so for my first deployment to Afghanistan back in 2011, I didn't realize the impact that that deployment had on me. Some of the things that happened, some of the people that we lost, I didn't really realize what that had done to me. And it wasn't until I deployed to Inherent Resolve and realized, you know, the effect that I was was still living with from, you know, five or six years earlier in Afghanistan. So it, it was a slow build for me to realize that I had some stuff going on. And, you know, ultimately I had my own suicidal struggles uh, that thankfully I was able to work through, uh, not just myself, but with the help of many other people. And, you know, so I'm still sitting here today. And, Unfortunately, those events led to me having to be retired from the Army and leave the thing that I loved, which was, you know, the Army and something I planned on doing for the rest of my life. And I think if I had been more aware of my own mental health and, and seen the warning signs earlier in my career, earlier in my time, maybe I'd still be in maybe I'd still be doing those things that ultimately I wanted to do, but I didn't, I didn't know. I was, you know, as we say, young and dumb, and it took a long time for me to realize what was going on with myself. And so as a personal mission with this, this run that I'm doing is also to, to talk to people and, and help them maybe get a little bit deeper into themselves because it's amazing what the conversations you can have with people when they're a little bit physically run down. You know, when you're running a four-mile loop with them at midnight or 4 a.m., 
they tend to open up and they'll tell you things about themselves and you'll tell you things about yourself and you, you learn and you grow. And, you know, so I, I want that aspect to be felt by other people that participate with me. And I also want to open the eyes to people that maybe don't know what veterans go through and what service members go through with their mental health and Infinite Hero as an organization does a great job of calling attention to these issues and putting money towards these issues to try to help veterans. And I think the more awareness that we have of organizations like this and charities like this, the better off we're all going to be. Because uh, again, it's so much of this is about awareness. And if I can help somebody along the way recognize these signs of poor mental health within themselves, and get help before it's too late, then that's a victory. You know, thankfully I found help and I'm doing much better now, but I could have avoided a lot of this had I known in the first place. Did you get your help from like within other, like while still in the army or was it kind of like you said after you got out? You know, that, that was the hard part after Afghanistan, when I came home in 2012, you know, everyone goes through this post-deployment mental health screening. And I remember telling the, the doctor there, you know, the, the, some of the issues I was having with sleep and nightmares. And uh, the guy just, you know, slung some Benadryl at me and said, oh, you just need more sleep. You'll be fine after a few weeks. And so I did that. I went along with my life. And quite honestly, when I looked at the other soldiers around me and I looked at my peers, I didn't see myself as being very different from them. You know, I saw them as having being pretty much the same as me, whether it was sleep or whether it was just angry people or, you know, short tempers, like that's just the army. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I didn't, that's why it took so long to recognize and took so long for me to get help. And it wasn't until my second deployment when things kind of went bad for me. And uh, I ended up getting, you know, help within the army okay. uh, for about, a year before uh, I left. Yeah. I was kind of just kind of curious. So I've had friends that have uh, basically done, you know, a deployment and like basically only stay in the army for a couple of years and then get out. I've had ones that stayed in for like 10 years, like kind of closer to you. And then I've guns, you know, me and some of the guys I'm, I would work with have stayed in almost, almost the full 20. And uh, I found that again, just, this is just personal anecdotes. The guys who did one deployment, and then got out were like inadvertently cutting off of their their support structure right because yeah. you, you you're cutting off all the people who had gone through very similar experiences and um you know some of the experiences like you said from deployments they don't it takes you time to process them it's weird right like yeah. um, you know some some and as you get older you process them differently right so now that i'm a father and i have two kids and uh you know it, some of the I, I don't look back on the experiences the same exact way, right? Like my my college roommate was killed in uh, April of 2007, and like when when he when he died, it was sad, and then like it kind of got better with time, and now like when I go visit his grave, it's almost worse because now I feel like, well, I, you know, I got I got to live an extra 15 years already, right? And like you know, he never met my kids, he never, um, you know never got to see me growing up, you know, he didn't get to have kids of his own. So yeah, it's, 
you definitely like absorb experiences and process them differently over time. Um, so yeah. just kind of want to reiterate and agree with, uh, agree with that statement there. And uh, yeah, if you, if you need help, absolutely reach out to people, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong with reaching out for help. I think the army in, in general has done better with that uh, yeah. over the last couple of years. I know at, so at my unit in uh, Fort Riley, they actually made like mental health checks part of your like annual screening, right? So like, just like you go to a dentist every year, just like you go get your vision checked every year, you go see a mental health provider every year and you like, they talk to you for a little bit. And if they're, they don't identify anything wrong or you don't identify something wrong, like that's kind of it until next year. And if they do identify something wrong or you want more, it gives you an opportunity to say something basically, right? Because some people will, will not say something until they are directly asked. So, yeah, I think it's also good to have that, that additional person looking at you because like I said, so many of my issues went unrecognized because I would look at the people around me and we we're all kind of the same, yeah. you know, all of yeah. us had varying levels of issues. So you don't see yourself as standing out. And, you know, so the people that you see going to mental health appointments or, or finding help are like, Oh, what's wrong with that person? You know, and, and the stigma has gotten better, you know, hopefully it's even gotten better since, since I got out, but I know, when I was in and, and going through, you know, my hardest times in 2017, uh, you know, it still wasn't the easiest thing to one admit that you needed help. Yeah. And two type A personalities, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Part of the culture, part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, Sorry and to interrupt. Two, to actually, yeah. no, you're good. But the second part of that is to actually follow through with getting help. It's one thing to recognize that you need it. Cause I know I interacted with, and I still do interact with a lot of men who say, oh, I know I need help. They don't actually do it. Oh, and I don't think, I don't think that I'm some superhuman special person because I went and got help. It was the fact that the people around me pushed me to go get help. They were smart enough to recognize that, that I really needed it and, and pushed me to go get it. So I'm very thankful for the, you know, my wife, um, you know, a few soldiers that I served with in fifth group that, that really pushed me to get the help that I needed. Um, and funny enough, it was actually the, the battalion surgeon who finally called me on. I was like, Nope, I'm taking you now. You know, that battalion surgeon probably saved my life. Um, he literally put me in, you know, a vehicle and drove me to the only available mental health we had downrange, which is a, I think it was an air force social worker. And he put me in that office and said, nope, this is what you're doing. You know, remove that choice from me, remove that stubbornness from me. And as much as I, I hated it and I still still wonder back whether I could have made it or not, but ultimately, you know, that man saved my life. And that's something we need to do for each other because as men, whether you're a soldier or not a soldier, we're not good about doing what we need to do when it comes to our mental health. Yeah. Terrible at it. <laughs> Not yeah. good at it. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, and uh, just to reiterate something you said earlier about like, um, you know, when having conversations in the middle of the night, uh, if anyone listened to the episode I did with like the last episode with Bobby Ross, which was like probably like two or three episodes ago, we were having, we were basically saying the exact same thing. You know, he was pacing me during my last endurance event uh, for charity. And again, the middle of the night, you're, You'll you, like people start asking questions. You'll tell them almost anything, especially when you're yeah. sleep deprived and you're physically yeah. exhausted. It, it breaks down those um, cultural norms and that some of your, some of your barriers, you know, when you're, when you're yeah, I, I, I ended up having great conversations with people when I run. And last year 
at one point, I think it was uh, the 4 a.m. Sunday morning run. It morphed into good, com- morphed from good conversations to what is Kyle talking about? Um, one of my really good friends who was running with me that thankfully happens to be a psychiatrist. Uh, you know, we get done with the run and he, and he told me that I was talking about things that just weren't even there. Um, <laughs> so I had definitely reached the point of exhaustion uh, by that point. And I, and I still had two runs ahead of me, but I, I got it done, you know, pushed through and, and made it happen. Good stuff. All right. I think we're going to start wrapping it up. Uh, Kyle, thanks again for coming on. Before we get actually let you go, uh, what we like to do is ask people the question, tell us something people would be surprised to know about you. So it could be anything. Usually the more random, the better. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, put me on the spot here, huh? Yeah. Make me, do, make me do some thinking. So something people might think is weird. Yes. People would be surprised. So, yeah. It could be weird. Um, We've had people talk about their various, you know, Pokemon card collections to, uh, I don't know, what, whatever. Whatever weird, weird to movies. Like some of people have cited like their favorite movies or like odd foods, et cetera. So. Huh. Well, you know, off the top of my head, I, I can't find anything that's that's super strange about me. You know, I'm pretty – average guy with a wife and a job and two kids i think uh one odd thing that i do is i tend to have uh, the line of work that i do we have these technical meetings and sometimes these technical meetings during the week will go multiple hours you know two hours three hours for these working groups and so instead of sitting at my desk i'll put my headphone my bluetooth headphones on and take my phone put it in my pocket and i will go run during these meetings and i'll run the entire meeting you know two three hours and i've had multiple times where something gets asked of me and i'm able to articulate an answer in the meeting without the person knowing that i'm running amazing (laughs) and uh you know and and it's 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 entertaining like my boss is fully aware of what i do and, and thinks it's kind of uh, a creative use of time and you know in our day and age i can sit there during these meetings and i can fumble around on facebook or i can do something useful like go run yeah and i would argue if you're running you're probably paying better attention than a lot of the people who are like sitting there messing around on their phone surfing facebook or like you know working on another project in the middle of the meeting so yeah yeah it's it's, it's a great expenditure of time during i remember during covid when covid like first started uh we did a couple of zoom meetings and they they like, all right, we're going to do a Zoom meeting now. And I'm like literally in the middle of a run on the treadmill. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm not stopping. So it's like, so yeah, yeah. I, I've done the same thing before too. Um, or I've had like, you know, the meeting was scheduled and my time window only allowed for a certain amount of time. So I was like, well, I'm finishing my run, uh, at least in the beginning of this meeting. So yeah, yeah I approve. Get it in. I approve. <laughs> all right. Um, where can people, uh, we, we already mentioned Infinite Hero, found uh, infinitehero.org. Uh, can people follow you on social media? Are we going to be putting up updates the weekend of the event? Where can they find updates as what's going on? Yeah, you can definitely find me on Facebook, uh, just Kyle Butters, and on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Uh, those are the platforms that we'll mostly use to promote the run. There's already stuff on there. I think there's a couple videos on YouTube that Infinite Hero has put up. And, 
you know, we're, we're doing a lot of promotion right now of the event itself. And then during the weekend, probably do some, uh, might strap a GoPro to my chest and do some live, you know, videos as I'm running and, uh, give some insight into those conversations as they happen. Um, but yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and, and LinkedIn are probably the best. Nice. Good stuff. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, head over and check out teamstrengthspeed.com. It's our website. We've got some books on there. If you're interested in some mental tips for endurance, uh, like Kyle's doing, we have a book called On Endurance. It basically takes lessons learned from the last 200 or so podcasts, uh, and I kind of cherry pick out some lessons learned that people have have put out over the course of recording all these episodes over the last, I don't know how long it's been, six years, seven years? It's been a hot minute. Um, so that book's called On Endurance. If you want to hear more about military stuff, my biography is available, Ultra OCR Man. It's available on Audible, Digital, and Hard Copy. If you are an obstacle course racer and you stumbled onto this podcast, uh, we've got several obstacle course racing specific books to help you train for your next obstacle course race. Strength and Speed's Guide to Elite Obstacle Course Racing and Mudrun Guide's Ultra OCR Bible. And other than that, we do have Blegmits for our endurance people. The Blegmits neoprene mittens are back in stock. All sizes, this will be the last resupply before Toughest Mudder, Infinity, probably be the last resupply before World's Toughest. So uh, make sure you head over to TeamStrengthSpeed.com and check out those books and also available on uh, Kindle if you're on. uh, You can pick them up right off of Amazon too. All right, we're going to get going. Kyle, thanks again for, one, recording this. Thanks for all the work you're doing with Infinite Hero. And then thanks for being flexible to my schedule. <laughs> this, is, this is round three of us trying to record. And uh, uh, not messing. This one finally, we finally both on the same page. So uh, I appreciate your flexibility. Yeah, thanks, Evan. This has been great. All right, we'll catch you later. Bye.